Welcome to another episode of the View from the Nest podcast. I'm AG, and as always, I'm joined here by Paul to talk about all things Index Corp. We are doing something different with this episode. Instead of sort of covering the newsletter, we are dedicating this conversation to our new product, uh, CGI, uh, the CoinShares Gold and Crypto Assets Index. And we have invited uh, Michael Petch from CoinShares to talk to us about kind of the history of the index, the methodology behind it, and how it all came together. I I really quite enjoyed our conversation with Michael, and I, I thought it was, uh, it was quite interesting, a lot of insights, a lot of um, interesting information. How, how about you, Paul? How did you find our chat? Yeah, it was very good. I sat there for most of it in complete silence, just listening to the sheer mountains of like background information that you hadn't really seen through the forum post or even going onto the dedicated webpage that they have for it. But yeah, as it all came out, Michael explained the background and their involvement with the uh, university in London, all the work and the thought that's gone into it. It was just great to hear him be able to go into such depth. And I think it really showed why Index Co-op is, is in a good place partnering with these kind of um, these kind of uh, businesses really or these these kind of products because when you you look at the level of professionalism and, and detail that they've gone into then it just it's going to make these products like absolutely fantastic yeah i think for me like you said i think the level of research that went into the product over the years and it's not like you know i think we are sort of used to products being created within a few months in, in DeFi, right? Because with composability, it, it's quite easy to, to spin up an index. Uh, I mean, obviously it has challenges, but this was actually like years in the works. And uh, that, was, that was quite fascinating to me to kind of hear all the different iterations and all the different portfolio compositions and variations that uh, Michael and, and the team went through to create this index. And then also, I was quite fascinated by the conversation about the gold token and and kind of how that's managed, right? So the process of bringing physical gold into the realm of crypto and, and blockchain. Like, that was just fascinating to me. Yeah, it was good to prompt that that conversation about uh, levels of centralization or decentralization. And again, it just really showed how much they'd actually thought about that and, and tried to make it as hands-off as you possibly can uh, with, you know, with a, a gold token, which is backed by a physical asset. Um, so obviously I can't do it justice, but Michael goes into great detail and, and shows the lengths that they went to, to both consider that and then deliver a product that, you know, it is right for the, for decentralized finance effectively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, hopefully by the time this episode airs, the CGI will be live on, on Uniswap and potentially other DEXs and, uh, you know, you and I can, uh, can pick some up. I think we both expressed, uh, interest in, in actually investing in this product. So, Without further ado, here's our conversation with Michael. 
We have Michael from CoinShares joining us to talk about CGI, the CoinShares Gold and Crypto Assets Index being launched in partnership with uh, Index Corp. How are you doing, Michael? Hey, Artem. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to this discussion. Should be a good one. How How's the launch going? Kind of where are we at and uh, what, what when do you think we'll be able to get our hands on, on some CGI? Yeah, so that seems to be um, the question everybody's asking is when when CGI, when can I buy CGI? It's been a while coming. We first started um, working on this product uh, maybe end of October. So we're coming up to our fourth to fifth month. And this has been a really interesting exploration for not only coin shares, but index products in general. So what we first did was we proposed you know, this idea of taking our original coin shares golden crypto asset index, uh, which we originally launched March 2020. And we wanted to figure out how we could bring it to DeFi users or crypto natives. So in October, we proposed it to the co-op. Um, in the past couple of months, we've been reiterating, changing a little bit of stuff around the strategy, making sure that it could be, you know, get live on chain, it could be completely digital. And now I think I'm comfortable to say that probably by the time this podcast airs, it'll be ready. So we're talking about maybe the second to third week of February, people will be able to start buying CGI on Uniswap against ETH. That's uh, that's extremely exciting. I know that I'm going to be, you know, hopefully one of the first people to jump in before uh, CGI sort of breaks the gas prices again. Um, <laughs> so uh, can can you give us a little bit of, of background on on this index and kind of uh, you mentioned you have the original index that that was launched in in 2020. Uh, so maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of uh, of the backstory there. Yeah, sure. So the original original index is an interesting story. It first originated after almost two years of research and development with Imperial College of London. So for those that are listening there in the US, that's like the MIT of Europe or of the UK. And what happened was we, CoinShares um, got a research agreement with Imperial to work on creating indexes for the crypto asset sector. Um, and initially we were trying to figure out, you know, how we could launch a bunch of indices and First, like we were looking at market cap weighted indices, and then we wanted to transition to launching like specific sector indices. So this was back in 2018 to 2019. And there's a couple of other index, crypto indexes that were out there, like the Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto, uh, the CRIX, and a couple of other market cap weighted. And we weren't really interested in that. You know, we were kind of turned off because you look at these market cap weighted indexes, which are all extremely highly correlated between their constituents. And then they slap on like a one to 2% fee. Um, and then you're talking about turnover and all that. Um, and then you ended up having like a, you know, kind of like an inferior product than just buying Bitcoin or Ether outright and just holding it, right? Um, so it didn't really make sense to launch market cap weighted indexes for crypto. So we looked at trying to figure out how we could do other indexes that nobody was doing. And we we actually spent, you know, a couple of months figuring out what we could do because for, for one, you know, crypto is was starting to mature. It didn't have too much price data. Like, you know, if we go to the top market data providers, either, you know, Kaiko or Mazari or CoinGecko, you know, you could pull data back to maybe 2014, but there was always changing requirements uh, and metrics. So, you know, we, we grasped with uh, a lot of different ideas and we came, we finally came up with this theory, um, which was modified from the Shans Demon theory, which was around applying two different asset classes specifically one asset class that was low correlated to the other and the other asset class being extremely volatile. Um, and then we ended up doing some back testing around it. So 
we looked at a bunch of different assets that we could use. And we went from like gold to commodities to property to art and seeing how they all paired against crypto. And then we ended up figuring out that there was a really interesting narrative for gold and crypto. And also the back test and performance looked up really nicely. Like, don't need to go into it, but you know, there's there's a lot of similarities or characteristics that between crypto and gold that bring it together. Like a lot of people refer to them as cousins. So there was a natural fit there. And then when we paired crypto against gold, it just shaped up really nicely, right? You have one asset, gold, which is you know low volatility. You know, it's proven track record as a safe haven. You know, it's wealth preserving. And then you paired against crypto, which is you know a little bit w- much more volatile, non-correlated to gold and you know most other asset classes. Um, so then we started messing around with, you know, different theories, how we could play it together. Um, you know, if we want like just a Bitcoin gold index, a Bitcoin ETH index, or like a multiple crypto against gold. And then we ended up settling, um, this was probably like 12 months into our research, ended up settling with this basket weighting where we had five crypto assets, each equally weighted against gold. And what we did was every month, this, the two baskets would, would, would rebalance against each other based on their trailing volatility. So if volatility was high in crypto for that given month, then the next month you would shift out a little bit out of the crypto and, and have more avoiding into gold. And what this ended up doing was protecting, let's say unit holders of the index from any downfalls in crypto, like it limited it. Um, and then you ended up having a product which actually um, outperformed holding crypto or gold from a absolute risk return profile. Um, so we had a pretty cool index here, which, you know, actually nobody was looking into. Everybody was kind of focused on these market cap weighted indexes to get broad exposure to crypto. And then we, we, we ended up finalizing the index, finalizing the theory. We published our white paper, uh, I think it was back in 2018, with Imperial, which was peer-reviewed. And that was a precursor to our, our, to our eventual methodology, which we completed following that alongside some other research papers, such as stress testing and then performance of the, of the CGCI under different market regimes. Um, so we had a lot of research coming up to this. And then we launched the methodology in 2020 and it was EU benchmark regulated. So there's a, there's a framework in, in Europe that if you want to launch financial products based off of an index or a benchmark, you have to have the underlying index uh, benchmark regulated. So you have to make sure that it's you know compliant with all the rules. You have to go through some applications and file it and have you know an index administrator and calculator. We did all that and we ended up launching the CGCI in March 2020. Um, and it was one of the first that was EU BMR and it was the first golden crypto asset index. Uh, and that was hailed with a lot of success and you know enthusiasm because it was something that you know institutions could get behind and look at this and be like, wow, this is something that you know protects my downsides, limits the volatility. Uh, something that I could add to my portfolio as a nice little diversification tool. So that was the, you know, the, the context of the history behind the CGCI, um, you know, two years in the making with some great partners, both CoinShares and Imperial um, and a lot of help. Um, and, and yet uh, that's, that's the history. That's, uh, that's quite interesting. I actually didn't know that you guys looked at pairing crypto assets with a whole range of, um, Potential kind of asset pairs, right? Like uh, real estate and arts and and all that. That's <laughs> I would have been interested to to see that that data. I, I think uh, would have some interesting uh, some interesting data points and uh, some interesting narratives that you can derive from it. But for the purposes of um, the CoinShares kind of CGI index that we are launching together with uh, with IndexCoop, uh, it's just Bitcoin, gold, and 
Ethereum, right? So the and, and the ideas there was that this was kind of the easiest to do as an ERC twenty on on the Ethereum blockchain. Is the methodology still the same as your original version? It's still kind of volatility based uh, rebalancing between gold and, and crypto asset baskets. Yeah, good question. So. Um, to jump into that, I guess something that's worth clarifying is when we first looked at the crypto basket in our original CGCI, like I was mentioning before, we looked at a couple of different setups for this crypto basket, right? Like either just Bitcoin against gold or ETH against gold or Bitcoin and ETH against gold. Um, and the reasons that we didn't go with that initially was when we added a couple of extra crypto assets and what we ended up settling with was five equally weighted crypto assets based on market cap, we saw a nice little increase in performance due to the reason that you captured a little bit of the upside when you saw like a, you know, top five or top four constituent enter the basket, uh, you know, that has a nice rise. So it ended up contributing nicely to the index. So that's why we added that to the original CGCI. But natively, these extra assets, they were non-ERC20 tokens, right? Like, so it'd be, you know, Bitcoin Cash, XRP, Cardano or Stellar. So none of them were ERC20 tokens. So when I first started looking at launching something on chain, I was figuring out, you know, how could I launch the CGCI? Because natively and right now, you know, that's it's not possible unless you're working with wrapper assets. So I, I was tinkering around with the index and figuring out how we could slightly alter it or if we could, you know, completely replicate it. And a couple of things I looked at was, you know, could we create these wrapped assets so that they could fit our, our index? And I started chatting with the P-Token guys. If you're familiar with them, they're developing like a a wrapping solution so you could launch like Ripple or any other assets, big assets onto the Ethereum network. And there was a slight delay for that. So I was like, you know what, um, why not? Let's just, you know, work with what we got. Um, we have Ether, we have Bitcoin in, in the form of wrapped Bitcoin. Um, and we have at CoinShares our gold stablecoin product called um, WDGLD. Now they're all ERC-20 tokens. And, you know, they it, just them alone made a nice, portfolio or a nice index. Um, we didn't need the other constituents. Um, so we, I started looking at doing some back testing, the same thing that we did with the index with Imperial. Uh, we back tested the index all the way back to 2016. Um, and it followed a similar pattern to the original CGCI. But like for the reasons I mentioned before, um, it was missing a, just a little bit of the sharp performance or the sharp returns because we didn't get like the uh, the small trailing crypto assets, which, you know, added a couple of, you know, percentage points is to the index. Um, so what I, what I did was um, the only change that we made to the methodology was we changed the parameter, which affects uh, the weighting between the gold and the crypto basket. Um, and this parameter is the alpha. So originally, if you look at the, at the uh, methodology, we have an alpha of four, which means 80% of the risk emanates from the crypto basket. What we did was we changed it to an alpha of nine, which meant 90% of the, of the risk emanated from crypto. Um, and this ended up um, tracking the original CGCI much better. So instead of a portfolio where you were tracking between on average 60 to 70% in gold against Bitcoin and ETH, you now had something that was more around 50 to 55% in gold and then the rest in crypto. And it still did a great job at balance at, uh, you know, protecting you from the downside, but capturing more upside because you had more of a weighting into um, Bitcoin and ETH. And that, that brought it in line with the original CGCI. So that was the only changes we made. Besides that, um, everything is the same between the two methodologies. So I have, uh, I guess, two questions uh, kind of building off of that. One is, 
at the moment, right, the largest crypto assets. Uh, there are some non-ERC-20s there. There are some stable coins there. But let's say, you know, in, in a year or two, we have top five, which is Bitcoin, Ethereum, and three other ERC-20s. You know, maybe it's uh, yeah. Link or Aave or what, what have you. Would you consider kind of expanding that crypto asset basket from just BTC ETH to include um, kind of a, a broader range of, uh, of ERC-20s? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, one, one thing that's good about indexes is that, you know, once you have a methodology and you launch a product, it's predictable. Like the rules stay the same, um, you know, what to expect. And like, you know, in a sense, this is like what draws a lot of Bitcoiners to Bitcoin, right? Is that, you know, fixed supply, 21 million, you know what the policies are, it's not going to change. I don't think it would be, you know, in the best favor to like start adding constituents. And there's a couple of reasons for that and I'll unbundle them. But mainly right now, if you look at Ethereum, adding constituents, let's say monthly, um, like if we added a general rebalancing period, which uh, we do with the CGCI, that would, you know, cause some extra gas fees for the underlying unit holders if you have to add or take out assets or constituents on a monthly basis. So it'd lead to higher turnover, which, you know, right now with the setup of the CGI wouldn't change much of the history or the, or the pricing except for add more fees and, you know, be a little bit more burdensome. And then also something else to consider is like in some centralized exchanges or wallet providers um, that are centrally managed might be a little bit hesitant with these type of products just because they're not sure what kind of constituents could enter the basket. Let's say like something like Chainlink enters a basket. Um, you know, you might have an exchange where it's like, well, then we have to do, you know, security under, uh, we have to look at underlying evaluations to see if this is security or not. And that could prevent, you know, getting from mainstream traction. So right now, you know, we have three uh, selected constituents. Um, everybody's well familiar with them, you know, gold, not security. And you have Bitcoin and Ether, which, you know, has mainstream traction. I, I, I just, like the setup how it is, is, is nice. People can get behind it. It's simple. And it does a great job at doing what it's designed for. Low volatility, uh, decreases the risk while preserves your wealth and gives a nice little diversification to your portfolio. Um, so I don't think we would uh, consider, you know, adding assets in the future. Yeah, no, that's that's those are great points. I think, especially with uh, centralized exchanges and and how they look at it, that's kind of certainly something we've uh, run into with DPI, right? Where the composition is constantly changing, so it's a different sort of calculus for uh, for centralized exchanges. But so if we look forward, right, and we can kind of see that. Uh, Bitcoin's volatility over over its history has been sort of continuously uh, declining, right? And um, I haven't looked at Ethereum volatility, but I would expect that it's obviously higher than Bitcoin's, but it it's also has has been decreasing over time. Uh, so as kind of these two assets mature, we can expect the volatility to continue dropping, which with the way this index is composed, would mean to me that the crypto assets will make up a larger and larger share of CGI. Is that is that a kind of an accurate way to look at it? Yeah. So so naturally, as volatility decreases in one of the asset classes, um, you'll get a more you'll get a heavier weighting into that asset, assuming you know it, it it's uh, higher than the other assets. So let's say you know for ex for example, gold has you know, somewhat of a volatile month. And then crypto is, you know, consolidating 
around its peak for the past couple of months. What we do is we take the 180 day trailing volatility um, and we compare that and we see what, what, the volatility, what the volatility was between the two. And then we pair them against each other based on our, on, on our risk weighting. So if volatility naturally goes down you know, for, for a long enough period of time, then you'll get a higher weighting into that asset. So for example, like a, a couple months ago when we were around the 10K mark in Bitcoin, we had a pretty high weighting in the crypto basket. And it was pretty much on par 50-50 between crypto and golds. But in times like the last bull market in 2017, we had a pretty high weighting in gold. Um, so, it's, so it's the same setup, right? If, if volatility goes high and we're swinging upwards, you know, it's time for the basket to cool off a little bit um, and we go a little bit more into gold. But this only happens at the end of each month. Um, and like I said, we take the 180-day trailing volatility. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's, uh, let's turn to the wrap DGLD token. I, I think whenever I talk to people about CGI and this is gold, Bitcoin, Ethereum index, uh, people who understand crypto always ask me kind of what, what do you use for gold, right? What, what do you use to represent, uh, to represent gold on, on Ethereum? So can you talk a little bit about the DGLD token? I, I believe it's issued on its own chain, if, if that's kind of accurate. And then also maybe you can comment on how you think about centralization of that process or if it is decentralized and, and how, how we should think about it. Yeah. So I'll give a little bit of history around um, our gold stablecoin, you know, how it came into fruition, who are the partners and where it is now and the tech behind it. So we launched um, this gold stablecoin product through an issuance company called Gold Token SA back in 2018. And this was a joint initiative initiative between CoinShares um, and, and MKS Pamp Group. So if you don't know MKS Pamp Group, they're a vaulting provider in Switzerland who also have a trading desk arm. And they're pretty well known in Switzerland, about three generations, four generations in this business. They're very big. They work with you know a lot of big companies in Switzerland. And we, we started partnering with them in 2018 around bringing gold onto the blockchain. And, you know, that, that has a lot of misconceptions, you know, everybody wants to put something on the blockchain, but for most parts, it's kind of redundant to put stuff on the blockchain. Now, in the sense of gold, there's actually a interesting narrative there, right? You know, if you, if you could digitize gold, you might be able to get gold investors or the millennials or the Gen Zers actually getting interested in it. Cause there's a bunch of features that you could then apply to this asset. Like it's a good collateral use case. You could start doing, you know, generating yield with this product. Um, so there's actually a, you know, well-formed, and well-advised narrative for bringing gold digitally. So we wanted to do that. We wanted to create a, a product which digitized gold, made it actually usable instead of having like this old school yellow bar that you can do much with. So we spent about a year um, developing a solution on how we could do this. And one of the key, there's two key you know frameworks that we sought out to achieve. One was building a gold stablecoin in a fully regulatory manner that could scale in each jurisdiction worldwide. Um, and two, similarly, having the technology capabilities to scale so that, you know, there wouldn't be high gas fees, there wouldn't be redundancies, and, you know, we could actually issue and redeem gold at will and make it, you know, actually digitally livable 24-7. So what we looked at doing was you know, we looked at the Ethereum network, we looked at other set setups, you know, private blockchains, and we didn't want to go down the private blockchain sense, but the only way to bring gold onto a onto a blockchain in a regulatory manner 
is by having some sort of centralized component, right? Like gold is always going to be centralized. You have to have somebody custodying your gold in a vault. There's no way that you can get around that, right? Like a lot of people complain, oh, you know, I don't want to trust, you know, who, who's holding my gold. But unlike, you know, natively digital assets like Bitcoin and Ether, there is a level of centralization here. Now we cut out as many minimum lands as we can. We got to bare bone to the core of this product, which is only working with a vaulting provider. Some other gold stablecoins use banks and, and such. But we cut down right to the core as less middleman as possible. And we figured out a way to digitize it or tokenize it um, in a way that minimize centralization and increase decentralization as much as possible. But in order to get full regulatory comfort in Switzerland, you know, where our issuance company is established, uh, we have to follow some sort of guidelines. So we worked with FINMA, uh, which is a financial authority in Switzerland. And uh, we worked with two legal law firms down there on figuring out how we could structure the gold stablecoin um, in a reg regulatory manner. And we ended up deciding to build a Bitcoin sidechain. Uh, which is kind of similar to Liquid Bitcoin by Blockstream, if you're familiar with that. So we launched DGLD in like February 2019 or end of 2019, third quarter. And it was on its own blockchain or side chain of Bitcoin, right? And so it, it, it tests back to Bitcoin. And this was a way to, you know, get the balance between both worlds because there had to be some sort of centralization to this. And it was, it was a breakthrough accomplishment um, in the sense of, you know, we got gold on the blockchain. It was classified as a payment token in Switzerland. So it's actually like a, you know, classified as a payment token, which is pretty cool in Switzerland. And you could redeem the gold for physical gold, silver, or platinum from a Swiss company and get it delivered to your doorstep. So there's proper ways, you know, to issue and redeem it. Um, you had it classified as a payment token. Um, and then we engaged with um, a Swiss auditor, Grant Thornton, to audit our token supply and our vault supply. And then on top of that, we have the MKS PAMP group who have their auditors who, you know, audit their vaulting supplies as well as encompasses our vault. So we have a lot of people who are, you know, reviewing the security and reviewing the audit trails and making sure the stablecoin issuance is all intact. So this goes back to the whole narrative of like, you know, how do you create something that's, you know, somewhat centralized, gold, and put it into a decentralized manner. And we try to do you know, our best in doing this. And then when we launched, we partnered with blockchain.com, um, you know, one of the biggest wallet providers to first integrate our gold uh, token and then offer it to all their users. And then we wanted to branch off and then create this narrative around using gold as a nice collateral piece. But one thing that we noticed was, and there was this interesting trend that started to foment around the last couple of, let's say 12 months was, you know, everything should be, on the Ethereum network, from liquidity to users to decentralized applications, everybody was on the Ethereum network. So we decided to create this wrapped wrapping solution, similar to Wrapped Bitcoin, where we could transport the gold stablecoin onto the Ethereum network, standardizes our token to the ERC20 token, um, and just makes it compatible with everything. Now this wrapping solution, um, anybody can spin it up. Anybody can you know launch it from you know they could download the repository on GitHub and they could control that. But yeah, that's how that's how we solved digitizing gold and then also bring it onto the Ethereum network. Oh, that's that's fascinating. I think uh, it's definitely going to be certainly helpful for me to kind of understand the dynamics there. What what about liquidity? Obviously, that's that's something that's crucial in, in managing an index, a decentralized index and, and rebalancing via DEXs. Uh, how are you approaching liquidity for this for this particular token? Yeah, you're a great question. So for WBTC and wrapped ETH, 
there's plenty of liquidity there to satisfy the needs of product. So no need to have to worry about liquidity to, to support the product. Um, but on the WDGLE side, like I said, we you know we we recently launched this gold stablecoin on the Ethereum network. So we're starting to build up liquidity amongst different applications and platforms. You know, most of our liquidity is on the blockchain.com exchange and wallet. Um, and we're we're now transitioning our focus into, into building up liquidity on DEXs on on-chain markets. So what we're doing is we're working with different market makers um, who, you know, usually you have market makers that support your token on a, on a centralized exchange, make sure that, you know, if it's a stable coin, the price remains intact um, to the underlying um, and just make sure that there's enough liquidity. So what we did was we engaged some of these market makers to support our initiatives, initiatives going forward on our CGI token um, and also our WDGLD token. So that means that, you know, if you're buying the CGI, then it'll go, the, the token will go out and source the underlying assets if, if you do a, a, an issuance. So you have to make sure that there's enough liquidity from WDGLD, which the market makers will either source from our trading desk or source the gold directly and make sure that there's enough on-chain to support this process flow. Great, great. Uh, certainly sounds like you guys thought through all of these issues, which is uh, incredibly exciting. I think, you know, the way I see it, this is a product that should be your only crypto product, like for someone to hold who maybe is not familiar with crypto, but, you know, maybe heard of Bitcoin, Ethereum and, and likes gold. I think this could be a perfect kind of one and done crypto product for a lot of people. Uh, so w- when you think about the target market and, and the potential target audience and, and the size of this opportunity, how, how, how do you think through this? What, what are some of the categories of, of people who would be buying this product? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, the original CGCI, the, the the first take on it was, hey, this is an interesting product to offer to institutions, right? Some people that you know want to get their toes in the water hasn't really gone into Bitcoin or Ether yet because they're concerned a little bit about the volatility and the risk, um, and they want some sort of like risk managed product. They're naturally going to gravitate towards this, and you know this is going to be their gateway product. So similarly, with the CGI, it has a similar target market, but it's slightly different. Because instead of, you know, you're tailoring to traditional financial people like institutional fund managers and private investors, you're now looking at crypto natives. Um, and that's actually a different segment. And you have a couple different segments in there. Like you mentioned, I think this is going to be a great product for first time users. So the new users that are ushered in from this coming bull market. Um, they're going to look at what to buy. You know, a lot of them might be overwhelmed by the amount of choices out there and they might look for something simple now not all of them will go for this type of product some of them will want like moon boy shots and go for altcoins but some of them might want to build up like a structured diversified portfolio and the cgi will be like a natural place to start because it's something that they understand right it's like bitcoin they get it ether they get it gold they get it it's already embedded into their you know narrative or it's already embedded as a great portfolio so they'll probably buy this as like something that they as their first or second buy, right? Um, so what we want to do is find all the access points where these users first access crypto. Um, and naturally, you know, first access points are usually like Coinbase and blockchain.com wallets where people, you know, buy via credit cards. So we're going to look at, you know, how to get the CGI on there. And we already have, you know, an existing relationship with blockchain.com work with our gold stable coin. So we'll see what we can do there. And I think that'll be a nice place to get that target market. So first time users into crypto, um, but also, you know, interestingly, um, that we've seen a lot of success from is treasury funds. Um, now, a lot of treasury funds in DeFi are just 
rimming with cash from DeFi summer um, and you know this coming bull market. Um, and they're looking at you know how do they diversify their treasury funds? And this is a natural and prudent thing to do. You know, it's it's done in TradFi where people diversify their portfolios, make sure they're limiting their risk, um, and you know deploy a sound financial strategy. Um, and the CGI, like for the for the reasons mentioned before, you know, it ticks all the boxes. It's wealth preserving. It decreases risk while captures the upside. So it's a good product. So we're chatting with treasury funds who also already want to onboard this product, and then also offer it to you know some of their clients or their users or integrate into their platforms. So we're seeing a lot of success there. Um, you know, in, it, where it'll create, it'll sit at the bedrock of some of these treasury funds. People will hold it, wealth preserving, low fee. It's passive. It's easy. Um, so that's the second target market. And then a couple other target markets are going after gold investors. You know, crypto and gold investors are, are have historically been pitted against each other. Uh, you know, it's like the long battle fight between Peter Schiff and any Bitcoin maximalist. But there's so many similar characteristics between gold and crypto that they should coalesce. Um, and I see this type of product bridging to gold investors and could, you know, could possibly be offered on gold platforms. Um, so the gold platforms that have managed to go digital and offer gold online, like for example, you know, a good example is goldmoney.com. They offer their clients easy access to gold. You know, maybe they want to offer this type of product where it's balanced between crypto and gold and to, you know, diversify their product suite. Like I see a, I see a trend where more gold investors will come into crypto and then gold institutions or gold platforms will begin offering crypto products. So that's another area which kind of like diversifies the client base. And then returning back to the crypto target markets, there's also going to be you know, the likes of sound money crypto investors who want, you know, hard sovereign store of wealth vehicles. Um, and then also people who are trying to build themselves their own type of portfolio who might want to make like a five or 10% allocation into a CGI, like, you know, in case of a rainy day, or they just want to diversify their risk. And then also, I think we could find out a way, you know, you know, this is like the evolution of tokenized indexes, like we're doing with DPI and other indexes is beginning to find a way how to offer these type of pure digital forms to establish asset managers or private banks who might want to offer it into their own product suite. Um, you know, they could they could essentially sometime soon in the future integrate the CGI or whatever other index that comes up and offer it to their clients um, and sell it to them. Um, and I think that'll something be interesting that, you know, maybe some private banks or asset managers might want to offer is a, you know, purely, purely digital CGI token form. Hey, Michael. Um, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, it's been fascinating to hear you and AG go back and forth really on the the methodology and here the background and the amount of work really that's gone into creating this product and and now we're so close to launching it it's, it's really exciting so i'll definitely be another one in line ready to pick it up when it appears on a dex and um, in the coming days and weeks one thing to talk about so you've just you've just mentioned broadly like all the different um, target markets for this and one thing that i'm particularly interested in that we we seem to be lacking uh sort of globally really and especially in the uk with a recent um, ban on crypto derivative products in tax advantaged accounts is like how do we hold this sort of stuff in retirement accounts and um if, for example in the us alto ira comes to mind uh, they, they seem to be looking to change that and, and offer more products that you can hold so coin shares has come at this from like a 
launching it as a DeFi token and a, a decentralized point of view and, and get, getting it out there that way. Um, and obviously partnering with Index Co-op as a DAO. Are you looking at it from the other side of things in, in the real world, as it were? And, and are you are you looking to sort of offer this or, or be able to offer this into tax advantaged accounts? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite unfortunate what's happening in the UK with the FCA's recent bans on crypto assets. Now, I think with, with a, a product like the CGI, which, you know, lives on chain fully digital, probably a little bit too advanced right now to be, you know, understood by, you know, regulatories on how to, you know, regulate it or how to classify it in terms of like, you know, can you put this in here in a tax-free account? Um, you know, I know there's ways in the U.S. through a Roth IRA where you could do some with crypto assets, which is quite interesting. But on that side in the in the U.K. and in Europe, um, we are investigating, you know, how we could launch the CGCI in, in part of our passive strategy at CoinShares. Um, and if anything, uh, we'll probably, you know, launch something in our passive strategies arm, uh, but it'll be a different product, CGI token, right? There'll be a difference between the digital format that operates on chain and there'll be one that operates, you know, in traditional financial markets, you know, that lives on exchanges there. Now they'll be close to the same, you know, like I was explaining it earlier, one just tracks Bitcoin, Ether and gold, um, and the other tracks like a basket of crypto assets against physical gold. Um, it'll just be like a different setup. Uh, but hopefully, you know, in the future, more things go with more digital regulation advance, and we'll be able to find a way to hold the CGI for those that want to hold it on chain can do so in a tax advantage way. Cool. That, that's exciting. And it's great to hear that you, you're thinking about it, that it may be possible in the future. Um, one thing that I'm really keen to ask you is how have you found working with the Index Co-op community so far? Yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a great time, right? So like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I first proposed the CGI to the community back in October. And at that point, you know, I was just, you know, lurking around the Discord channel every so often, uh, figuring out how the DPI worked. Um, and I was really intrigued, right? Because back in 2018, 2019, when I was first developing the CGCI with Imperial, and we were looking at ways, you know, to productize different indexes, I was thinking of a similar concept of how can we make tokenized indices that operate on chain? And I saw the likes of different crypto platforms try and offer products. So you remember Coinbase used to have bundled products, um, which they launched in, I believe, 2018, 2019, but they discontinued because of market conditions. Huobi had a, uh, or still has a top 10 index, which they offer on their exchanges. But nobody really had a tokenized index that lived on chain. And that was because of a couple of different reasons, right? The, the tech was still maturing. There wasn't liquidity to support it on DEXs. Uniswap was in its early days. Um, so there wasn't really a way to create this type of product. I was chatting with my tech team back then, and I was like, could this be possible? Could it be done on the Ethereum network? Could we do it something like a Bitcoin sidechain? Um, and it was kind of like pushed to the side. And then I was just focused on, you know, launching indexes through our passive strategy, you know, in a TradFi manner. Um, and then, you know, when I came across Index Co-op, I thought how interesting this was because it kind of captured my wholehearted beliefs back in the day of, you know, we should have indexes that live on chain. Um, and I, I think... What's interesting about this um, DeFi community is that it's really is a co-op where, you know, you have community members, you have um, partners that come in who might not have all the resources, um, you know, whether that's the dev developers or the tech, or they need, you know, the marketing, the growth, you know, there's a, there's a community, there's a co-op to support, you know, any type of product, if it's, you know, actually feasible, or if it's actually a good idea, when we pitch the CGI kind of 
ticked all the right boxes. It was an interesting product. It was it would be cool to launch it right after the DPI. So I ended up proposing it. I launched it and in the forum, and it got a lot of traction in its early days. And then considering that it was the you know the second product to be launched, but it was kind of like the first one that was went through the process trial of going through step by step. We kind of worked with the team really closely on you know how to build up the processes. How should new methodologies come through it? And it was really interesting, right? Um, and I expect like new products to be launched should be much more quick because there's now a cookie cutter approach where, hey, you want to launch an index, propose it to the community, um, go through the processes, get ready. If it gets approved, if it goes through a snapshot vote, gets approved on chain, then you start working on building it. And then you have all the resources there for you, right? Like the index community does a good job at supporting if you need the marketing, the growth, the liquidity, or you can do it yourself. So it's kind of a, it, it really is uh, captures the the word of a co-op, which is, which is nice. And it, it's a, it's been really a fun time to build this out with index co-op. That's good to hear. Um, so you've ironed the kinks out for anybody who comes after you. And I've seen you in the forum and um, obviously in the Discord as well, posting memes. So you've you've been very involved in this the, the whole way through from all, like the very top level responsibilities all the way down to making sure that we've got the right level of memes to go out on Twitter to, to advertise this. So it's been good to see. So I think that about wraps things up. Do you want to just let everybody know how they can follow developments on CoinShares, how they can follow what you're up to as well, Michael? Yeah, sure. So for people that want to learn more about our index, they can go to the coinshares.com website and we have a subpage there dedicated to our CoinShares Golden Crypto Assets Index. Um, and by the time this podcast comes out, you'll probably be able to see our product live on tokensets.com. You know, you'll be able to buy or sell the CGI. Um, and then I'll probably be posting in the in the coming weeks and months developments on the CGI, what the history was to build this, um, how the CGI operates, the rebalancing mechanism, what the new weights will be um, on my Twitter account. So if anybody wants to follow me, you follow me at mcgpetch on Twitter, and I'll uh, keep updated on any new developments on CGI and possibly future index products. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Well, we'll keep an eye out and we'll look out for the launch in the next couple of days, hopefully. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It was a blast.